Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. We've been going through, uh, or started going through the uh, I am statements and uh, looking at some of the, uh, the signs that Jesus did. And John wrote this, uh, the gospel according to John, in the inspiration and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as he said in our rights in John 20, verse 30, he says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So he's, he's saying, it's, I'm not just writing, you know, the seven that he did, but the ones that I have uh, chosen and that are written, they're written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So um, I think that uh, our faith, we underestimate our faith in our daily life. And I, I, a lot of times we think, well, yeah, I have faith in Jesus Christ. And, it's, and it goes back to the point of salvation. We place our faith in Jesus and what he did for us, and we had salvation. But this aspect of believing uh, that believing you may have life in his name is not just one point and then that's finished it is for each and every moment of our life and existence today that i have life in his name and through his name and so we we underestimate the the importance of our faith and where it's at I, on Sunday, I, I spoke on, uh, or the, the title was, uh, Am I Offended? And just to narrow down, on, in John chapter 6, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, there was an offense taken to uh, what he expanded on being the bread of life. They, they start to get frustrated and a little bit uh, irritated with what he was saying. To the point where he, they, it says in, in later on in that chapter, it says they followed him no more. Because he said, hey, you got to eat of my flesh and drink my blood. And he was speaking this, that we do this by faith. Not literally. Not even in communion is there a changing of, of the, uh, the emblems of his sacrifice for us his the bread being his body that was broken and the the cup being his blood that was shed there is this is all by faith this is by faith and so as they were offended by this statement we can get to a place of offense uh, or maybe it's not so much a thing of offense as it is a thing of just do I really believe that? I, I guess in their case it was they didn't believe who Jesus was and regarding his flesh and his blood, there was an offense taken so they did not believe. It's in the not believing that we have issue regarding our daily walk. And uh, for me and for, for Paul, and for every other person that, uh, that believes or makes that their foundation daily, what a game changer it is for us 
to have life daily. And this thing of life, Zoe, is a fullness, a vigor, uh, an abundance of life that the Lord would have us have. Um, and once again, just a, a side note here as well. We are not talking about uh, the fact that we won't go through storms. You and I, we will go through storms of life. And however, to be able to go through, even in the face of death, that we have life in Jesus' name and that we cling to that, that's the most important thing. Today, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to watch my time, uh, but I want to go through three, uh, three of the signs that the Lord gave uh, or that were given that Paul or uh, John writes of. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, John chapter 2 from verse 1. And part of this is... Uh, I could, I guess, entitled this uh, or had a different title to this, many different titles, but I just chose uh, Operating in Power. Uh, I want to go to uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, just quickly. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus when he began his ministry. So this is him coming out of uh, 40 days and nights in the wilderness after he was baptized. And then this is pretty well the beginning of ministry. Uh, and, and he says this in the, in the synagogue as he's uh, ready to read. And he, he reads from Isaiah chapter 61. And um, so he, it says, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And so then he begins to read. And this was as his custom was. So Jesus was very, uh, uh, um, they knew him coming into the, the synagogue as he had read many times. So it wasn't like he was coming in like this was the first time that he had gone into the synagogue on the Sabbath, but he, he had, they, they knew him. And so he opens the book, and this is after the 40 days um, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And his ministry began in the power of the Holy Spirit, operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know uh, today, as we go through this, and I, I um, these three different signs uh, that John records, uh, that we would recognize that we operate or we need to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And even as Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit, we too can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to bring life to others, life in Jesus' name. So um, I just want to read verse 11 first, John 2, verse 11. And uh, 
just to, to bring a focus to this passage, it says, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, there, there's probably, this is probably like a few days into ministry, like we're talking like three days into ministry. And it says here, on the third day, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. So he has, he's already called a few of the disciples. Probably not all of them, the 12 were there. It would, would have been those that were called first. So Andrew told his brother about Jesus. Hey, I, I've, I've seen the Messiah and uh, I've, I, it's, it's him. And so there, uh, they were sort of uh, uh, following John the Baptist. But here now, uh, there, there was a calling into the ministry that the Lord would have, our Lord Jesus. Uh, and so Andrew and Peter probably would have been there along with James and John and possibly Philip. But we're not sure exactly, but we probably those that were called first uh, into to ministry. And so here they are at this wedding. Uh, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your con what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I, so, uh, woman would be something in our vernacular. Would, would, it sounds almost a little bit rude, uh, but uh, would be like, "Hey, ma'am," to call his his mother, "Ma'am." I, yeah, I, but this here he's saying he's just saying, "Hey, my time, my hour has not yet come." for there to be a, a, this beginning. It's not quite yet. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That is the last recorded uh, statement of uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, that we have. Whatever he says to you, do it. And that's, that's a good thing, uh, this last thing, because uh, Mary has been venerated to the point of deity. She is not a god. She is just a human, human being like uh, any other woman that was chosen and, um, and was in a place uh, to accept to be the, the one that would bear the son of man and the son of God. And it's, it's appropriate that at this point not to be that we pray to Mary or whatever, or you know, we were listening to what she might speak to us. Uh, uh, it says, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So uh, we're talking, yeah, uh, these, these are our large... Um, water pots, containers. Uh, I have, uh, I think they're five gallon, five gallon containers for fuel. And that's a good, that's a hefty amount, like 20 liters. Uh, here it's saying uh, they were roughly 20 to 30 gallons a piece. That's a lot of, that, of 
That's a huge container. That's a, that's a hefty container. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, uh, then, they, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs, this is, once again, I want to bring it to this point. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifests his glory and his disciples believed in him. Some of the things that the Lord would have or the things, this is written that we might believe and by believing we would have life in his name. And so God desires for there to be a, a demonstration, demonstrations of, of power for the sake of our faith to increase. In this case, the disciples, they were those five that were there, most likely five. Um, at this point, there was a strengthening of their faith because of the sign and this miracle that was done. So his disciples believed and so some of the the signs that that the lord would have done at this point in time are for the f the faith of those that are followers of christ it's for the, for us as believers that our faith will grow one of the things that 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 we need to do um is when the lord does answer prayer or there's a sign done a miracle done that there would be a testifying of this. This is written, John wrote this down so that our faith would grow. And so the same thing for us is when a miracle is done, when there's opportunity for thanksgiving, hey, this is what the Lord has done, that, that you would say, hey, this is what the Lord has done so that there's an increasing of our faith, that we would move from faith to faith. How many of you would as you look over your life, would say, uh, my faith and my trust in the Lord has grown since the, the moment that I got saved. All of us, we, we would say, our faith has grown because of the, uh, the faithfulness of God in our lives, the signs and the things that, that we may go through, the difficulties that we may go through. Here, here was a problem, and God is saying, I can even change I can make a change physically, something physical to be changed from one substance to another. And so here is, uh, uh, it is a demonstration for our faith to grow. The other thing that I want to uh, state at this point is that God wants to work through us in powerful ways. Not just on us, that our faith would grow, but that he wants, he wants to work through us to minister to other brothers and sisters or to minister to the, to the lost, to those that are in, in need. And the, the Lord is saying, hey, I am able. God is saying that he is able to do things that would be impossible 
the impossibles or impossibilities of, of some of the things that God wants to do, he can do. And um, so just in the last, let me just share in the last uh, uh, week, um, I had somebody, uh, and I, I mentioned this on Sunday, um, I believe, uh, needing extra hours for work. I don't know about you, but I, one thing that I've come to note in this church is that pretty well everybody is, is working or there's, there's income, a steady income. I just say, thank you, Lord. And so when uh, the, this individual was just saying, hey, I, like I've got my schedule for next week or for this week is six hours total. That's on two different days. What? And so you give practical, you might give practical advice of, hey, you know, go talk to your manager to say, hey, how, how am I, I need more hours. I, 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 can't, I can't live on six hours a week. And so there's this, this uh, but in the end, it was more, well, let's pray about this. Let's pray about this and let's see what God can do because, you know, I, wh what can I do? I, and oftentimes, what can we do in a situation? Let's pray. Let's pray. And so this is in the first week. The last two weeks, the schedule or the, the hours were, there was an adding to the hours. So it went from, I think this week has gone from like six is up to like 20 and who, which is already such an increase uh, from where she was at to where she's now. And who knows what's the, the week is still, we're only halfway through the week here. I say, thank you, Lord. And we're not talking two or three hour shifts. Like who wants to work two or three hours in one day? You know, some are saying, yeah, I would only want to work two or three hours. But the only thing is, you, you only get paid so much. You get paid a, a certain wage according to your hours or whatever. Um, so it, we need a steady. We need to, to work. And uh, so the Lord answers prayer. Miracles. I'll share a few more as we, we go on today. Um, the Lord has the power to change. God has the power to change things. And as we operate in the in the uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit and as, as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit the Lord wants to work through us by his spirit that there would be changes and some miracles done even to so f for the sake of us believing or our brothers and sisters that our faith increases our brothers and sisters their faith increases and there's there's a ministry that's done in the work that we do in the miracles that are done. So, praise the Lord. I thank God that, uh, oops, am I, all right. Um, I thank God, and I, I can, we can get into uh, some, of the, some of the other th things, a bit of a side note. Um, Oftentimes, this passage is used for uh, regarding the changing of water into wine. 
I don't want to talk too much about that tonight, but I do want to say this. Um, regarding wine, I'm, I struggle with this passage being a passage where Jesus turned the water into a wine or wine as an intoxicate that to be intoxicated or you can be intoxicated by. I just want to say this um, as a side note. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or uh, just an I don't care. Get to a place where I don't care. Right now, uh, dealing with a situation where a person is so far gone because of, of alcohol, not just one. There's so many people that I've, I've, I've had to deal with over the years where things, it's just there's a, um, dissipation, an abandonment of care. And maybe you, some of you have uh, recognized that, whether it's in your own life or in the lives of others, the, the, the problems that come as a result of being drunk. And this word drunk here in Ephesians 5 verse 18 is not just to be intoxicated, but here's the, the, the interesting part of it is to become intoxicated. It's to become intoxicated. Um, so it's, when does that happen? It happens with, as you begin to drink alcohol, you become intoxicated. It, you already become intoxicated to the point where you think, uh, if I would got stopped by the police drinking, you'd say, I'm, I'm, I'm not drunk, I'm perfectly fine. And yet, our, even our, our um, uh, police are at a point where that point, I think it's, what is it, point zero eight uh, blood alcohol content uh, is a, a small amount. Uh, there is an abandonment, there's a... Uh, dissipating where a person just begins to overindulge in different things that go along with the drinking. There's a lack of caring. There's a recklessness, a waste, a wasteful uh, or a wasteful use of resources. The things, the amount of, of money that is spent and it's, it often People say, well, hey, I don't have to worry about anybody else. It impacts you in a negative way. Um, wasteful spending, and not to, s not to mention the, the problems that are, are begin with others that are around you, that, that care about you, uh, as a person starts to go off on uh, being drunk or becoming or being bound by these things. I just, I want you to know that the Lord is able to, to set us free. If, if anybody is uh, uh, caught up in this, uh, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's, a, it's interesting, I would say that, that, that alcohol, very socially acceptable, um, is is something that the enemy so he he wants to fill with a different spirit 
and th this spirit of literally, you know, the, the greater the alcohol content, the greater, uh, I guess, the impact of that spirit in your in your body physically and mentally. And so be sober. Abstain. To have a sober mind, uh, we need we need to abstain from things that would cause us to not be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, works walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's interesting regarding these last days that this is mentioned regarding these last days, and I I, I believe that it is a problem at times within the church, within the body of Christ. It says, but take heed to yourselves. This is Luke 21, 34. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and the day come on you unexpectedly. Day as an uppercase D. We're talking the day of the Lord. So it's, it could be, hey, when it's time for you to go home, but it's also it referring to these last days that alcohol will be a problem within the body of Christ. Let me read it again. Take heed to yourselves, lest you, your hearts be weighed down with carousing. It's just like, ah, I'm going to have a free-for-all. Drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day, the day of the Lord, comes on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. The Lord doesn't, after the day of the Lord, the Lord wants to catch us up so that we are not here during that seven-year tribulation period. He wants us to be worthy to es escape all these things. And here, uh, this, this thing of drunkenness, carousing the cares of this life uh, there's a snare it's a snare to us so and it's a snare to others uh, as well those that see us that we would not be a stumbling block to others so um, yeah just a little side note on that uh, we have so from this first, this first sign that uh, the Lord Jesus did is to recognize that there's an increase in the faith of the believer, of the disciples. They saw this and they said, oh man, oh, I can't believe this. And they're, they're seeing this, this transformation, this miracle being done. And there's an increase in the faith, in their faith in Jesus Christ. I just, I pray, Lord, let there be continued signs happening. And I truly believe in these last days that there will be an increase in signs that need to be intertwined with the gospel. The signs for themselves. Listen, if there is no proclaiming of Jesus Christ, the, the signs on their, on, the, on their own is not enough but intertwined with the, sh the speaking and the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is a weight of, uh, that, that uh, our clout in what we are speaking in 
the, uh, the sharing of the gospel when there are signs following to confirm the gospel. So that there would be uh, an operating in the power of the Holy Spirit to do these things. I, I want to touch in now on, on uh, John chapter 4 from uh, verse 46 uh, and on uh, to 54. And this is, uh, well, let's, let's just see here what, what this situation is. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So you might say, how far away was it? And you'll notice that that distance has to do with, is part of this, uh, this passage. Something about the distance, the fact that it wasn't just next door. There was a, a distance of about 20 miles between uh, Cana of Galilee and Capernaum. All right, so we're talking 20 miles or roughly just over th around 30 uh, kilometers or so. So we're talking a good, good, good distance. Like we're talking from here into St. Catharines, all right, if not further. And so this guy, transportation back then, uh, you know what, even if he was riding on a horse, a nobleman, maybe riding on a horse or maybe in a, in a bit of a carriage, probably came on his own, maybe on a horse. We don't know. Or maybe he walked. Who knows? It was a long distance. Horse or not, it was a long distance. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Ju uh, Judea into Galilee, he went to him, to Jesus, and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So it's like, Lord, you've got to do something. You've got to come. And he had heard the news had traveled about Jesus. And, um, and so Jesus was doing the different signs. This is the second one that, that is recorded by John. But the word was spreading about Jesus. And the, the power uh, the, as the Holy Spirit worked through Jesus there were some powerful things taking place and the news spread about that. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. It's almost like there's a, a I don't know, this, this uh, checking of this man's faith. Can you believe without a sign? Can you believe without a sign taking place, happening? The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And at this point, so he's saying, regardless, sign, I, I don't need a sign necessarily. Just come. I know that if you come, that he can be healed. My child, I don't want my child to die. So this boy was sick. And this man loved his son and who, which parent wouldn't love their son that's sick? If there's a miracle that can be done, Jesus, if you can come and do that miracle, do that miracle because I don't want to lose my son. And so you can see the, the intensity of the situation and, and the, the, the pleading of this, of this man. So, 
Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. Here's the thing. It says, the man believed Jesus without knowing anything had changed or taken place. He's got hours of walking or riding his horse back. And maybe there was a rush to get back. It says, the man didn't say, well, no, 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 Jesus, you got to be there. You got to come. He believed. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was going, now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household, his whole household believed as a result of the miracle. So the operating in power and in, in signs, with signs, miracles taking place, is for the sake of the lost. This first miracle had to do with our faith or the faith of the disciples, followers of Jesus, their faith increasing. Here we see it is for the sake of the lost. The lo this, this man and his family, his whole household, believed because as a result of that miracle that took place. And this thing of believing was not just, okay, well, we believe that Jesus uh, does miracles, but there's this, this um, inference that they were saved as a result of that miracle that took place. There was a compassion on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by faith, this, even as this man went back, he, he, just, he believed the word. I want you to know that sometimes we, we hesitate to pray, Lord, can you do a work of healing? Does prayer really work? Because basically this word that he just said, hey, your son is healed. Your son lives. Go your way. Your son lives. There was this thing of, of, of a spoken word by faith. We... Sometimes we, we, we deal with um, people that are sick, and we, so we pray. To pray, believing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that there would be healing that comes. I like the fact here that Jesus had empathy for the sick, for the dying. There was an empathy there to do something about it. That we would have empathy when, we, when there's others around us that are sick. That we say, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go, I'm going to meet up, I'm going to connect with that person. I want to pray with them. There's this concern of the Lord for the lost spiritually. 
And so the concern is not just for physical healing, but recognizing that the physical healing can bring about salvation, the power of God. So this morning when I was talking to this individual about the increase in their, their hours, there was an acknowledging of, of prayer and there was acknowledging of God because of an answer to prayer. And I thank God because sometimes we want to, to get a person out of a situation in our own wisdom, in our own whatever. And there's times where the Lord, it, there is nothing that we can do but trust in the Lord. And that is exactly in this situation, the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. And the Lord Jesus knows the power. He was fully man and he operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. He did not operate in his power, even though he was son of God. He made himself uh, not, even though he was equal with God, he took on the, um, the form of man, but he operated in the power of the Holy Spirit just like you and I would need to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was led and driven by the Holy Spirit. And in a way, it's thank you, Lord, that you show us what can be done even as we would believe on your name and the Holy Spirit working through us to bring life to others and to that our heart would be, Lord, I, I just don't want them to be healed physically, but that they would come to know you spiritually, that there would be a wholeness that comes spiritually. The other thing is that distance wasn't a factor. The fact that the boy was not right there. The man thought, if Jesus comes, he can pray for him directly. And... Jesus is saying, you know what? Distance is not a factor when it comes to praying for, the, for those that are in need. So let me give you uh, an instance here because most, many of you were here on Sunday morning and there was prayer that went up for different people. And so let me just share what happened on after we prayed as a church on Sunday morning. So we were praying, and I want to refer to Andrew. I've never met this person. I don't know this person. I met his sister one time. She had cancer, four, uh, stage four cancer, and we had prayed as a church. She should be dead a long time ago. Uh, and uh, Anyways, I met her one time. She doesn't live in this area. And uh, she's, I think, in the Kitchener area. Somewhere up a little bit uh, north, northwest. But anyways, we prayed for this man who's, who's been in the hospital f for months. And as I mentioned, I, I think he contracted something in the hospital. And so this flesh-eating disease, 
they were concerned that, uh, that, like, that he would die. So here's, so one thing that we prayed, we prayed, Lord, do a work physically. But the other part was, he's not a believer. He doesn't know the Lord. Lord, work it out some way that somebody would have an opportunity to go and speak to him. So that was Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon or in the evening, I get a text from, from the person that made me aware of the situation. It's Sonia, for those that know Sonia. And she, she texted me. She says, the Lord is good. Listen, a nurse. Now, Sonia wasn't even here on Sunday morning. She was, she was her back, she, her back was, uh, she had issues, so she wasn't coming in because I wanted her to share the need with all of you because uh, she had texted me that morning. I said, well, why don't you come and share the need? She says, oh, man, my back, I'm, my back is hurting. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be staying home. She says, a nurse, and I, I don't even know if she knew what we prayed. I don't even think she knew what we prayed. So here she's writing in the afternoon. A nurse at the Owen Sound Hospital made it known to Jody that she, um, that she is a Christian and asked if she could pray with Andrew and Jody. So the nurse came in and she wanted Jody and Andrew to know she's a Christian and she wants to pray for Andrew. Pray with Andrew and Jody. Uh, she also asked if they would like, listen, she also asked if they would like a pastor to come in. Andrew is in an induced coma, but Jody accepted for him. Absolutely. Pray for him. Have the pastor come in. The antibiotics have now started to work, but... Uh, they said it will be a week at least before they bring him out of the, the coma or asleep. Looking at a few months in hospital if he keeps responding to treatment. So here, uh, so that was Sunday afternoon. We prayed in the morning. I got a report, another text on Tuesday, yesterday afternoon. Good afternoon. Update on Andrew. Doing better the medic as the medication has started to work. If all goes well, we'll take him off the ventilator by Friday. The nurse that prayed, sometimes you think, well, you know, we need to be, I don't know, older. The nurse that prayed is 25 years old and Pentecostal. So it's not just anybody, but is a young lady that is Pentecostal as in filled with the Spirit of God. She is continuing to pray, and the pastor is going to come in as well. Our Lord is faithful. Amen. She says, then she added to that note, she says, I'm up again. My back is not too bad today. He is faithful to me as well, my brother. So this is the power of prayer, is as we pray, I want that you would know that the Lord Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was not in, he, he put aside his, his own, the power that he had as the Son of God, as God, and operated as 
the Son of Man in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just want you to know that. I started off by reading from Luke chapter 4. Let me read it again. And the same thing can be on us to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So this is the, the foundation of, of what needs to happen, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the, the, year of the, uh, of the acceptable year of the Lord. The Lord wants to do a work through us that we would not ever hold back to say, I'm, I'm not going to pray because I don't believe. Lord, you ask us to pray, to lay hands on the sick and pray. So let's do it and believe. Those that believe in Jesus' name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Lord, let us believe. Last, last night I went to see our brother Maurice. We had prayed for him. And I uh, went to see him and, and to, to lay hands on him and pray for him. And one of the things I said, brother, because I know sometimes people say, oh, you know what, I don't want to bother, I don't want to bother the pastor because he's, he's too busy. Are you kidding me? I, and I said to my, my brother, Maurice, I said, hey, Maurice, you have got to tell me. You've got to let me know when you when you're if you're going through whatever, because it's been ongoing, but that there would be a continued prayer that goes up for him. There's or that laying on of hands. So even if there's hey, I had somebody call today saying hey, I haven't been in church and I appreciate it. Young a young believer, older in age, but young a young believer saying I haven't been out to church because. Uh, my wife is not well, so I have to watch. I said, tomorrow, like I can't today, but tomorrow I'm, I want to come and I want to lay hands. I prayed with them over the phone. I want to come and lay hands on, on your wife. You, you don't have to be a pastor to lay hands on somebody and pray for them, that you would do it. Because there is power. So in Jesus' name, to have life in Jesus' name. It is through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit works through the finished work of Jesus. He works through that. And so that's why the importance of in Jesus' name, to have a life in Jesus' name, that we would, we would pray and believe for others. Hallelujah. The, the next, this is the, the third sign that, that is mentioned. This is probably about a year into ministry at this point. It's the third sign that John records, John 5. Um, and I find it interesting that um, there's, I just want to, I, I want to use the word intentionality. When you're intentional about something, you know what that means? When you're intentional about something, it's like, okay, I've got to do this. And so it's not just happening by chance or by, 
I don't want to use the word chance, by, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, we're unaware of something. But there's times where we have to be intentional about what we're doing. And in this situation, there's an intentionality about what Jesus did with this man going to one person. All right? Um, a hopeless situation. And that sometimes we would be intentional about hopeless situations, impossible situations, and, and be led by the Holy Spirit or know that the Holy Spirit is with you as we go out. The Holy Spirit was with the Lord Jesus as he went to this, to Bethesda. So after this, this is verse 1, after this there was a feast of uh, the Jews uh, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. This is possibly the Passover. Um, and so he's, he went to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. So there was a, this area uh, that was, it was probably, yeah, it was created, I don't know, there would have been steps. And there's a porch, there's porches, uh, five porches over it or around it. So there's this pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So whoever got in first, there would be a healing and then there, that, that person would be healed. If you went in after, if you were second or third or later, nothing. It was always just the first person. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now it's it's interesting, you know, we can uh, look at the people that were there. They were sick, they were blind, they were lame, they were paralyzed. And we need to recognize that is where people without the Lord are at. Without the Lord, that is where they're at. Sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. Even to the point of being dead in trespasses and sins. Spiritually, they're dead. This man uh, is a, could be a, a perfect representation of Israel. I mentioned uh, the other day that uh, the, the, the Israelites, the, the Jews, the Hebrews, they wandered for 38 years. From the time after they, they sent the spies into uh, the promised land and they came back, the 12 spies came back and ten of them, two of them said, let's go. Let's, we can take these guys. The other 10 were saying, no, we can't go. These were like grasshoppers in their sight. And then for the next 38 years, they wandered in the, the uh, wilderness until all those that, that were 20 years of age and older or older than 20, 20 years of age died. 
There was a lot of people that died in the wilderness. Without the Lord, or as we would reject Christ, there is a spirit they are spiritually dead. The Lord was intentional regarding seeking this man. Like really when you think about it, it says there were multitudes there that were were there that were not well. And the Lord could he have healed them all? Yeah. Not sure why. I think part of it was that there was already a persecution coming to Jesus. Uh, and we'll see that as we go through this, a little bit more of this chapter. Um, there, was a, there was a persecution coming that, that Jesus was w watching for his life. And so he was intentional about going to see this this man, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? I like what it says in the King James Version. It says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be whole? This thing of being whole, to me, goes past just the physical state, but would also include the spiritual. Do you want to be whole? And... The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down for, before me. I want you to know that people are look, or oftentimes man looks to man for a solution. There's nobody to help me. If I had just somebody to help me to bring it down. So there's a looking to other people people for a solution that we would look to the Lord and there's situations where there, it is impossible except that we look to the Lord that we would look to the Lord in in the ministry that God wants to do through us and that we would be intentional about meeting and interacting with people for the sake of them being whole and we get caught up in our busyness of life doing all kinds of different things. And I'm not saying that, hey, you got to work and you got to, you know, we got to do what we got to do. But so often we are sidetracked. We are distracted and we're not intentional. That you would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Listen, I want you to, I want you to connect with this person. Connect with that person. That happened to me just the, other, just the other day. And I thank God that I was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. A person that I worked with for years, their husband is dying. And I saw, saw them about three months ago or so, three, four months, three months ago, three and a half months. And was able to share the gospel that I had been waiting for like 30 years to share the gospel with with the man and i find out that when i saw him he yeah he, he still looked he could walk on his own he was fine cancer just cancer throughout the body he's down to like 70 pounds this guy 
probably weighed around close to 200 pounds. He's down to 70 pounds. And I just, I felt I need, I need to connect. I need to connect. So I shot a t uh, uh, an email just to connect. I say, thank you, Lord. There was a response. I have an opportunity, hopefully, uh, not this week, but next week, to go and visit again. My, I'll just be led by the Holy Spirit to, um, hey, to pray, just to pray. Lord, you can do a miracle to make this man whole. There are times where the Lord would have us be intentional that the power that, that is, was on the Lord is the same Holy Spirit that can work through us. The same Holy Spirit that worked through, the, through Jesus can work through us. And the Lord is saying, I want to, in, especially in these last days, I want to do some amazing things through the church, through us. We are, we, we're not talking building. We are talking us as members within the body of Christ. That we would be intentional. Do you want to be made whole? There's nobody to help me. I can't, I never get in. Somebody always beats me. I can't get down the steps. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. It was that short. And I, I recognize, I know, sometimes there's a thing of speaking things that, as we pray, and, and uh, there's a foundational thing in prayer. I know I oftentimes just say, hey, Lord Jesus, your word says by your, by your stripes we were healed. We were, past tense. It's already take, been taken care of on the cross. And sometimes even in prayer, as I'm praying for somebody that's sick or whatever, there's this, this thing of, of putting a foundation of faith even in the person that you're praying for. But here Jesus always said is, rise, take up your bed and walk. Get up. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now this is important. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to be carrying your bed. What? You're not, you're not supposed to be carrying your bed on the Sabbath. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. There's a good indication that the man was where he was at because of sin, as a result of sin. And he's saying, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And I know some commentators or some would preach and just say, hey, this guy uh, was trying to get back at Jesus or something. Another way to look at it is he didn't even know who Jesus was. And he didn't know probably didn't know the intent of the religious leaders. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. 
or he said, okay, let me just go back one verse. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Verse 6, 15, verse 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. What? But Jew, the Jews answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. I want you to know, in these, these days, there may be some persecution. This morning I had persecution. It was sent to me via email. Did you know that you can go into the hospital to visit somebody, but I cannot go into the hospital unless I attest either that I've been vaccinated or that I've been tested, and because there's something plaguey about me going into the hospital. This is our healthcare system at this point. I just received this morning, and there was this thing of saying, you're not allowed to go in and practice your, your, your profession. They're equating it to a doctor coming in that it's not assigned to a particular person and just practicing their profession without them being assigned. It's, it's like, like what, what kind of country are we living in here? You're, you're not, I'm not allowed to go in as a visitor now to go and pray for somebody. All I can say is, yeah, we may, we may face persecution. Religion's a nasty thing. And, uh, but the God that we serve worked through Jesus Christ. Everything that Jesus needed to do was accomplished in those three and a half years. And everything, even the point of going to the cross, was the greatest single act in all of time, Jesus going to the cross and dying for us. The greatest act. So the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father. Let me go, let me read verse 17 because I don't think I, I mentioned that one. But Jesus answered, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Oh, so now he's, Jesus is saying, my father is God. I am the son of God. In this statement, he's saying, I am the son of God. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the father, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. To have life, to be, people are dead in trespasses and sins. And so here the father raises the dead and gives life to them. Even so the son gives life to whom he will. The heart of the father is that there would be life that would come. 
And the heart of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is for life to come to people. That's the will of God. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. We need to, to speak life to those that are dead in trespasses and sins. As I said, as I began tonight, the miracles, if miracles are done and that's all that happens, it is not enough. But that there would be a speaking and a sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there would be this intertwining of the gospel with signs confirming the gospel. Whether you speak the gospel first and then the miracle takes place, or the miracle takes place first, and then the gospel is spoken so that people can believe and they can come to life. Let me read again, verse 25. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Let them hear through us. Let them hear through us. And let there be a confirming of what we say with signs. Signs confirming the gospel. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to, to ex execute judgment also because he is the Son of, of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come forth, those who have done good, to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil, to the resurrection of condemnation. So those who are, are, that hour is coming. There is, one is the day of the Lord, where the dead in Christ shall rise, and we who believe will be caught up to be with the Lord. We have followed right behind them. You say, is, where is a person that has believed in Jesus Christ. Where, where is their spirit? Where is their soul? It is with the Lord. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord as a believer. The spirit and soul of those that have gone before us are, are with the Lord. They're, the body is, is disintegrating in the grave, and, but there's a day coming in a twinkling of an eye, as fast as you can snap your fingers, that those, the body, that immortal, immortal, incorruptible body will join with the spirit and soul of those that have gone before us. We who are still alive as followers of Jesus Christ will be caught up to be with the Lord. In that moment, we will go from corruption, a corruptible body that, that decays. And Yesterday, man, I, I worked around the, the house yesterday in the, in the, in the yard doing a things for like, I don't know, six or seven hours. It was just on my feet. And then I played like two hours of hockey. Talk about, and it was our first time back. It was like, oh my goodness. 
halfway through was like, I'm dying here. The sweat, I forgot my headband. I had sweat going into my eyes like it was stinging. Have you ever had sweat? Uh, this morning, uh, I had I, put my stuff and just sort of hung it up to dry. This morning, I, I went, it was still soaking wet. The stuff underneath was just soaking wet, and it doesn't smell very good with hockey goalie equipment. It was like, oh, my goodness. I recognize this body is corruptible. It is fading. It's getting, it's getting, it's not, it's not as fast as it used to be. And this morning when I got up, I was like, oh man, I just, I just feel everything. I felt it yesterday. I felt it today. But uh, there is a day coming when the trumpet sounds, we're going to have an incorruptible, immortal body. Praise God. Praise God. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And the will of the Father is that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. That is what God would like to have happening. In the end, there is choice that people make to accept or reject. For us, that we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and that there would be lives that are transformed because of us sharing the gospel and there would be even a confirming. I'm praying. I'm praying as I, I get together with a dear, this dear couple, woman who's losing her husband. I'm praying that there could be a turnaround. The cancer could be removed. But at the very least, my prayer is that there would be a grabbing a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's got to be a grabbing a hold of that. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Lord, I just, I thank you that you, you operated by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, was upon you as you walked for the 33 years of your life on this planet. Lord, there was a point where the Holy Spirit came upon you. Lord, even as you were baptized and the Spirit of God came upon you to begin ministry at another level. And Lord, we pray at this point that even as you began ministry, let there be a beginning of ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, that you would be exalted. You would be glorified in it all. Lord, that there will be a transforming from that which is dead to bring life. Lord, that there would be a shift from that which is decaying and sick and lame and blind and paralyzed and dead in trespasses and sins, Lord, that there would be life that can come through us. Lord, not that we say, well, hey, that's for the pastors or the elders to do, but Lord, that there would be a recognition that you want to do a powerful work through each and every one of us in Jesus' name, in your name, 
and by your name to bring life. And Lord, we pray that that would take place in the coming days and weeks. Lord, that we would not say, well, you know what? I've only known the Lord for a short period of time. Lord, you began very as soon as, as Lord, it was perhaps probably just a few months where you sent them out. You sent the disciples out in twos, and they went out, and they ministered. Lord, even to the point of raising to the, from the dead. People were being raised from the dead. There was a ministering and a proclaiming that the kingdom of God was at hand. It was a preparing of Jesus Christ coming to those different places that they had gone out. Lord, I just pray that there would be a going out by us that we would not say, well, I have to be saved for X number of years before I can minister. Lord, that we can minister. Lord, even as a new believer, we can be begin to minister. So, Lord, let us bring life to others. Rivers of living water flowing through us. The power of your spirit flowing through us to bring life to others. In the coming days and weeks and months, Lord, that we would not just say, well, it's, it's going to be once we get this in place or that in place. Lord, that we would start today. Lord, that we would do the works that you did today, bringing life. Lord, intertwining the gospel with signs. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters here tonight. Lord, I just thank you that the disciples, Lord, they, they hadn't arrived yet, and yet you put upon them the responsibility of ministry. And so, Lord, I pray that we haven't arrived yet regarding perfection, but, Lord, we are in right standing with you. Our position before you is right as our faith is in you. And so, Lord, you are doing a work of changing us a bit at a time, day by day. Lord, that we would not be discouraged at times where there might be things that we are struggling with, but Lord, that we'd recognize as we yield to you and surrender to you, Lord, you can work through us. And you will work through us, Lord, in the power of your spirit and in Jesus' name, in your name. So let that work be done through us. Let it continue to, to, to change us. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you. We submit to your lordship. And we just are, we, we confess our faith in your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We confess that and we surrender. We submit ourselves a living sacrifice for you. Let your will be done in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.